Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, looks like that Hollywood strike inspired by AI fears is a go. Apple and Google want to set a new standard to prevent modern digital stalking. Pornhub is boycotting Utah. Mastodon is trying to make it less confusing to give them a try. And what is the biggest reason companies are wary of giving generative AI a try? Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. follow up to yesterday's segment on this topic, the Writers Guild of America has officially called for a strike after negotiations with Netflix, Apple, Amazon, and others over pay and also AI issues failed. Around 12,000 writers may strike and other Hollywood unions will probably follow suit. Quoting Gizmodo, the strike, which is the first involving WGA to occur in 15 years, seeks to bring firms to the table on a host of issues, including higher pay and better working conditions but some of the issues are quite unique in the annals of modern labor disputes and have to do with technological changes currently disrupting the entertainment industry, such as the role artificial intelligence may play in future screenwriting projects. Negotiations between WGA and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, the trade organization that represents the movie and streaming studios in contract negotiations, have been ongoing for the past month, but the deadline for a new contract was midnight on Tuesday morning. In its own statement, the AMPTP claimed that it had presented a, quote, comprehensive package proposal to the Guild and that it had been willing to improve that offer, but claimed that the, quote, magnitude of other proposals that the union had made were untenable. It's unclear how long the action could last, but until it ends, large parts of Hollywood are going to be put on pause. Nearly 12,000 writers could potentially join picket lines in the coming days, which means major disruptions to TV and streaming franchises as labor and management duke it out. A variety of issues are motivating the contentious negotiations, including AI and what WGA has called the creation of a, quote, gig economy due to the pressures of the streaming industry, end quote. Apple and Google have submitted an industry specification proposal to address unwanted location tracking by Bluetooth devices, such as Apple's own AirTags, which are too often used to track people without their permission And so the two companies are asking for input from other companies in the industry. Quoting CNBC, Apple's AirTags are intended to help people find lost items such as keys by displaying an item's nearly real-time location inside an iPhone app. But there have been many reports about the $30 coin-sized device being used to stalk people since it went on sale in 2021. In response, Apple previously built detection features into iPhones that allow users to detect unfamiliar AirTags in the user's area. Tuesday's announcement suggests that Android phones will also soon gain the ability to warn their users if they are being tracked by an AirTag. Apple and Google said the features would be completed by the end of 2023 and then implemented, quote, in future versions of iOS and Android, end quote. The change will also allow other lost item trackers like those made by Samsung or Tile to build similar iPhone and Android alert features, end quote. More interesting Apple news. Apple used its Rapid Security Response feature, announced at WWDC 2022, to push a non-beta public update for the first time to iOS, iPadOS, and macOS users, quoting Ars Technica. When it announced iOS 16, iPadOS 16, and macOS Ventura at its Worldwide Developers Conference last summer, one of the features Apple introduced was something called Rapid Security Response. The feature is meant to enable quicker and more frequent security patches for Apple's newest operating systems, especially for WebKit-related flaws that affect Safari and other apps that use Apple's built-in browser engine. 
Nearly a year after that WWDC, and more than seven months after releasing iOS 16 in September, Apple has finally issued a rapid security response update, available for iOS and iPadOS devices running version 16.4.1 or Macs running version 13.3.1. The update adds an A to your OS version to denote that it's been installed. At this point, it's unclear whether Apple intends to release more specific information about the specific bugs patched by this security response update. The support page linked to in the update is just a general description of rapid security response updates and how they work, and Apple's security updates page hasn't been updated with more information as of this writing. Apple has released several rapid security response updates to iOS and macOS beta users before now, including during iOS 16.4's beta phase, but It has never released one to the public until today. It's possible that the updates released to beta users were simply testing the update mechanism rather than applying meaningful security patches. As detailed in our macOS Ventura review, the rapid security response feature required significant under-the-hood changes to how the encrypted sealed system volumes in iOS and macOS normally work. In previous OS versions, all system files were on a signed system volume, or SSV, and any change to the files required the entire system volume to be loaded as a snapshot, patched, resealed, and then loaded the next time the device reboots. This setup protects system files from tampering, but the downsides are increased update download sizes, longer update times, and mandatory reboots, something users will often put off to avoid interrupting what they're trying to use their computers for. The iOS 16 and macOS Ventura updates move some system files outside of the SSV into still-encrypted but smaller and more compartmentalized extensions of the SSV. These cryptexes can be updated without modifying the main SSV, end quote. Pornhub has disabled its website in Utah following a new age verification law for porn sites in that state, and is now showing a video asking users in Utah to talk to their representatives about this law. Quoting Motherboard, As of today, anyone accessing Pornhub from a Utah-based IP address doesn't see the Pornhub homepage, but instead is met with a video of Cherry DeVille, adult performer and member of the Adult Performer Advocacy Committee, explaining that they won't be able to visit the site. Quote, As you may know, your elected officials in Utah are requiring us to verify your age before allowing you to access our website, DeVille says. While safety and compliance are at the forefront of our mission, giving your ID card every time you want to visit an adult platform is not the most effective solution for protecting our users and, in fact, will put children and your privacy at risk, end quote. Utah Governor Spencer Cox signed SB 287 online pornography viewing age requirements into law in March. It will go into effect today, May 2nd. A commercial entity that knowingly and intentionally publishes or distributes material harmful to minors on the internet from a website that contains a substantial portion of such material shall be held liable if the entity fails to perform reasonable age verification methods to verify the age of an individual attempting to access the material, the text of the law states, end quote. Two segments now from the Twitter Watch slash Twitter Clone Watch files. Over the weekend, the flood of signups to Blue Sky continued. I believe they've hit 50,000 users at this point. And among them, I'd say a good third of the accounts I follow for this show are over there now. A lot of them seem to be posting or cross-posting to Twitter and other places as well for the moment. But note that this seems to be the most successful Twitter clone signup besides Mastodon, at least so far. Wither Mastodon. Well, 
Millions of people signed up to Mastodon to give it a try and seemingly didn't stick around because of the complexity. Complexity like having to pick which instance you sign up to among many thousands available. Well, in an attempt to reduce such friction, Mastodon has rolled out a new onboarding experience that defaults to the Mastodon.social server instead of requiring new users to pick from those thousands of instances. Quoting The Verge, This update doesn't mean that Mastodon's taking away the ability for new users to sign up for an account in a specific community, though. It will simply present two separate options on the sign-up page, join Mastodon.social or pick my own server. The service's flagship Mastodon.social server is the platform's largest, but the network notes that users can swap instances at any time. Prior to this change, creating a Mastodon account wasn't as simple as just entering your email and making a password. Mastodon originally had users choose which instance or community they'd like their account to live on. For those new to the platform, this step is a bit intimidating, especially now that Mastodon has over 12,000 instances users can join. Should you join Mastodon.world or Mastodon.online? Or should you go to something more focused like BirdOn.social? It could be overwhelming and confusing for a new user to pick. Still, the change could frustrate existing users and server operators who want to see Mastodon remain committed to its promise of being a decentralized platform, which is not governed by any one entity. However, Mastodon CEO Eugen Rochko says the change is necessary to help new users get past the sign-up process and more quickly engage with others. Quote, We believe it's important for Mastodon to be good as a product on its own merits, and not just because of its ideology, Rochko writes in the post announcing the change. If we only attract people who already care about decentralization, our ability to make decentralization mainstream becomes that much harder, end quote. In addition to a new onboarding experience, Mastodon is also rolling out quote posts, improved content and profile search, and groups. Rochko also says the platform is working on improving its moderation tools as well as, quote, removing friction from decentralized features, end quote. Guys, we don't have to choose between hair growth and our health. Nutrafol's drug-free, whole-body approach promotes hair growth from within. No compromises, just better hair. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement brand with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. See results in three to six months. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol's men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com men and enter the promo code RIDEHOME. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com men, and enter promo code RIDEHOME. Want a better way to simplify your business finances across expenses, vendor payments, and accounting? If so, Ramp could be a complete game changer. Ramp is the corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Ramp gives finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spend. 
With Ramp, you're able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Ramp's accounting software automatically collects receipts and categorizes your expenses in real time so you don't have to. You'll never have to chase down a receipt again and your employees will no longer spend hours submitting expense reports. The time you'll save each month on employee expenses will allow you to close your books eight times faster. Ramps also saves you money. Businesses that use Ramps save an average of 5% the first year. Ramp is easy to use. Get started, issue virtual and physical cards, and start making payments in less than 15 minutes, whether you have five employees or 5,000. And now, get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash techmeme. Ramp.com slash techmeme. R-A-M-P dot com slash techmeme. Meanwhile, Automatic says it plans to drop its WordPress plugin Jetpack's ability to automatically tweet blog posts. You'll never guess why. Quoting Mashable. According to a statement released by WordPress, the platform is removing Twitter from Jetpack, an official plugin run by WordPress and its parent company Automatic. Among its many security and marketing offerings, Jetpack Social provides users with the ability to automatically share content directly to an array of social media platforms from their WordPress sites. WordPress is clear in its statement titled The End of Twitter Auto-Sharing that Twitter's removal from Jetpack is due to the API price hike. Quote, Twitter decided on short notice to dramatically change the terms and pricing of the Twitter API, said Automatic in a statement. We have attempted to work with Twitter in good faith to negotiate new terms, but we have not been able to reach an agreement. As a result, the Twitter connection on Jetpack Social will cease to work, and your blog post will no longer be auto-shared to Twitter, end quote. The company is clear that this will only affect Twitter. Automatic states that WordPress users will still be able to utilize Jetpack's social features as they did before with platforms like Facebook, LinkedIn, and Tumblr. In addition, the company stated that it's planning on adding Instagram and decentralized Twitter competitor Mastodon to Jetpack Social in the, quote, near future, end quote. Then from the whatever happened to be real file... The nascent social network has rolled out Real People, a curated timeline of what it calls the world's most interesting people, coming first to the UK, as the startup seeks to reverse slowing growth. Quoting Engadget, Real People is a curated timeline of the world's most interesting people. Sorry if you didn't make the cut. The feed includes updates from athletes, artists, activists, and other notable users. As with everyone else on Be Real, users featured in the Real People timeline will be prompted to drop everything and take a snapshot of their lives with their phone's selfie and rear cameras when the app sends them a notification at some point during the day. This, Be Real suggests, enables real people to offer real unfiltered glimpses into the day-to-day lives of the likes of tennis star Coco Gauff and singers Tanashi and Danny Ocean. Real people isn't about influencing, amassing likes, or comments, or promoting brands, the company wrote in a blog post. You won't see perfect Photoshop pictures, product recommendations, or ads disguised as posts. It's trying to show we're all more alike than we think, end quote. As with the bonus Be Real feature that debuted last week, real people will only be available in the UK at first before it becomes more broadly available. For now, you'll be able to react to a real people post with an emoji or hide or report it. Other ways to interact with real people posts are on the way. 
Observers have suggested that BeReal didn't move quickly enough to capitalize on the momentum it gained in 2022. The company has said that last year was largely about stabilizing the service amid a large influx of users. It has refuted claims that its user numbers have nosedived in recent months. To help it keep folks engaged, though, BeReal is finally starting to roll out new features, something the company wasn't able to do before larger rivals started copying it." End quote. Finally today, among all the excitement about the new generative AI tools, there's been one overhanging issue. If you're using, say, ChatGPT, Google's Bard, or even Bing to do work for your work, you're basically sending your business to a third party. And some of those third parties are explicit about the fact that they use your chats and interactions to train their models. So maybe it's not a good idea to discuss that lawsuit with ChatGPT or use something like it to design your top-secret new product because maybe it would show up in the chatbot at some point. Samsung, for example, recently banned its employees from using generative AI tools on company devices over these very concerns that staff will leak sensitive data. Indeed, I've been investing in AI startups all this quarter for the Ride Home Fund, and one of the things I've been looking for is someone solving this on-premises problem, if you will, i.e., instead of doing AI in the cloud, who can help companies keep their AI systems and tooling internal and locked down? If you know of any startups, by the way, exploring this, please send them my way. Well, sources are telling the information that Microsoft is ahead of me and plans to sell a ChatGPT version on a dedicated server in Q2, separating data from that of other customers. But there's a really big but coming up here, and it involves cost. Quote, Later this quarter, Microsoft's Azure Cloud Server unit plans to sell a version of ChatGPT that runs on dedicated cloud servers where the data will be kept separate from those of other customers, according to two people with knowledge of the upcoming announcement. The idea is to give customers peace of mind that their secrets won't leak to the main ChatGPT system, the people said, but it will come at a price. The product could cost as much as 10 times what customers currently pay to use the regular version of ChatGPT, one of these people said. A handful of customers, primarily in the financial services industry, is testing the product, the person said. Microsoft salespeople have been fielding inquiries from financial institutions and healthcare providers about using a private version of ChatGPT and have told some of them such a product is forthcoming, the person said. News of Microsoft's planned private ChatGPT service comes days after OpenAI teased a similar product it wants to sell to businesses, highlighting tensions with Microsoft which has invested billions of dollars in OpenAI and pays its enormous cloud bills. While Microsoft's arrangement with OpenAI gives it dibs on the startup's potential future profits, the enterprise software giant would rather companies go through Azure to get their OpenAI fix instead of using OpenAI in conjunction with competing cloud providers, such as Amazon Web Services. Boosting Azure, which significantly lags AWS in revenue, is one of Microsoft's top priorities. OpenAI has already sold one customer, Morgan Stanley, on a private chat GPT service that doesn't involve Microsoft. Morgan Stanley's wealth management division hired OpenAI to give the investment bank dedicated servers running the startup's GPT-4 model, the machine learning model that powers chat GPT. Morgan Stanley then fed the model hundreds of thousands of the bank's market research documents to make a chatbot employees can use to ask for information in plain English, such as comparing markets for real estate investing, the information previously reported." End quote. By the way, how come none of you told me about the game Anno 1800? 
It's like Civilization and SimCity and Tropico had a baby. And I have to tell you, I am completely addicted. Actually, maybe it was good. No one told me about this years ago because I would have gotten addicted years ago, I guess. Talk to you tomorrow.